Hi. 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 <laughs> Mystery voices. All right, welcome to Who's it gonna be? Book Squad Goals. We have two special guests with us today. Um, please. Full house tonight. Yeah. yeah. Full house. Six people. John Stamos is here. <laughs> yes. That is, Funny. That's Who is Danny Tanner? Susan is Danny Tanner tonight because she is leading the episode. Like Danny Tanner led the household. Yeah. I've always thought of myself as being similar to Bob Saget. <laughs> yes. You know, I've always thought that, but I didn't want to tell you that because I didn't know how you'd take it. So, Oh, a compliment, obviously. I've never thought that. <laughs> <laughs> also a compliment. <laughs> All right, welcome to Jen, friend of the pod. Yeah. Hello. And. Hi, Jen. Hi. Also to Justin, friend of my heart. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> and the pod. Brand new to Hi, the pod. Hi, Justin. Hi. This <laughs> one of the Book Squad boys. Book, book Squad, squad boys. boos. Book Squad boos. Yes. He's one of the Book Squad boos. Book boos. Squad boo. Mm-hmm. Love it. All right. So, today. Everyone's here because everyone is excited to talk about Dr. Sleep. Yeah. Yes. The new film so sequel to The Shining, directed by Mike Flanagan. Um, so this is your spoiler warning up top. If you haven't seen the movie, we are going to spoil it mm-hmm. a lot. And we'll spoil The Shining for you as well. And probably so, the books. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. also the books. Or book, in my case. I've only read one of them. That's why we True. have Jen here. Yes. Right, book, Jen book will be spoiling. Jen the read book. the entirety of Doctor Sleep in a weekend. Jen, you make me sick. <laughs> That's a good sign. I just want you to know that. Well, to be Impressive. fair, I started it six years ago. <laughs> uh, oh. <laughs> she's been reading it for six years. That's a long ass weekend. Mm-hmm. As is our custom here, we're going to do an intro question that all six of us are going to answer briefly. Yes, right? be brief. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, the question is, what is your favorite Stephen King work or your favorite Stephen King film or TV adaptation? Uh, or both, if you have one of each, but briefly. So shall we start <laughs> with special guest Jen? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So this is Jen. And hi, Jen. I'm going to go with my favorite adaptation. Possibly I'm going to be stealing one from everyone else, but. I'm going to go with The Langoliers. Hell yeah, girl. Ooh. The Ooh. miniseries by Stephen King. Possibly one of the cheesiest mi- miniseries of Stephen King's. <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure it was the first Stephen King thing I ever experienced. So The Langoliers, in all of its cheesy glory, gets my vote. A nostalgia pick. Yes. Yeah. Gotta yeah, love it. I just it. love that the girl from I mean, The Secret Garden. It's, it's not Stephen King without nostalgia. You know what I mean? Like, Stephen King would appreciate the nostalgia pick, yeah. I think. It's kind of his yeah. jam. Yes. True. Also, Secret Garden is my jam. Justin, you want to go next? Or do you want to circle back? Uh, yeah, so, series, I really liked Castle Rock. Mm. It kept yeah. me very engaged. Woo! I believe I sent in a fan comment on that as yes, well. Yes, you did. Yes. yes. I tried to get him to be did. on the episode, but he wouldn't. So, uh-huh. Are you watching the new season, Justin? I have not started it yet, but I'm very excited. I haven't let him start it, it yet. Is, him, so. It is really so my fault. He has good. asked multiple times. Yes, multiple times. <laughs> well, but <laughs> movie, um, I do. I love The Shining. The Shining is good. 
Shining yeah. is amazing over and over and over. Mm, yeah. Yes, for sure. I agree. I considered making that my pick, but then I was like, oh, man, like, mm-hmm. I can't do that because mm-hmm. I talk about it all the time. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, I will go. I will say this is Mary and I don't think I'm as well versed on Stephen King as everyone else, but I will say I love the movie Misery because I love Kathy Bates. Mm. And I think she's straight up terrifying in that movie. Yeah. She is. It's a good thing. And it could happen. It could happen. That could happen. (laughs) It could happen to you. It has happened to me. It could happen to any one of us. (laughs) No. No. Um, Are you trying to say that it could not happen. Me? Oh, <laughs> it? It as in yeah. it? Um, <laughs> I don't oh, think it, it could. <laughs> that, is it, it, that makes everything very confusing. Yeah. That's why I always refer to it as Stephen King's it. <laughs> Stephen King's it? <laughs> so Are formal. you saying Pennywise could not happen? Because, <laughs> no. I mean. I don't think so. Less is likely. Is it because of the child orgy? Is <laughs> so is it your favorite it one? Uh, yeah, I would have to say nostalgia pick. I'm going to go for the original miniseries, Stephen King's It, because that was sort of my introduction into the Stephen King world. I had listened to some short stories with my parents before, but that was the first time I had like actively sought out Stephen King on my own. And, you know, my boo Jonathan Brandis was in it, so oh, yeah. that also helped. Um, R.I.P. R.I.P. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And so, Tim Curry. And Tim Curry, obviously. So good. So, yes. um, Similar to Jen, I know it's corny, but, like, I just, I have a special place in my heart for that adaptation. So. Oh, and this is Emily, by the way. (laughs) Oh, shit. (laughs) Oh, wow. Emily forgot her own name. Weird. Well, to be fair, Mary sort of segued into me, and so I didn't get to introduce myself. So, it's Mary's fault. That's what I'm saying. What? Wow. (laughs) gonna throw mary under the bus like that i mean we can roll back the tape and see what happened i mean um who's going next should i go i'll go this is kelly um hi everyone my favorite well to be fair i've only read one stephen king book which i read pet Pet cemetery for when we did the podcast on the movie and i liked it a lot but i'm not gonna say that that's my favorite because i've only read one so um my favorite adaptation is I'm going to go with Carrie, Mm. the original movie, not the, like, whatever the shit was that they made a couple years ago with fucking my least favorite actress, uh, Chloe Grace Moretz. Um, Wow. I'm sorry I'm coming out uh, strongly against Chloe Grace Moretz. Um, No, you're good. You're good. Uh, She reminds me of Macaulay Culkin. Yeah, (laughs) there's just something about her face that, and, like, she's not a good actress. Macaulay Culkin. I feel like that's also, not a compliment. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's what, not. No, I can't judge. I didn't mean it as a compliment because I have a Jason Clark thing. <laughs> so I forgot. I'm yeah, gonna exactly. say I can't judge because I also look like Macaulay Culkin. <laughs> <laughs> that would be untrue. Um, but yeah, Jen Jen wrote us in after yeah. Pet Cemetery with a very long and wonderful rant about how much Jason Clark sucks. Yeah. And it was great. That was really great. So I That's think we a- should make this a running thing where we just 
you know, deeply insult an actor every time we talk about a Stephen King um, work. So, Chloe Grace Moretz, you're not Carrie. You never will be. It's Sissy. Sissy stays like forever. Um, I just, like, I watched that movie when I was in high school, and I was like, this is amazing. I'm going to call my boobs dirty pillows forever. Uh, And I'm going to scream, plug it up at my friends to make them uncomfortable. Uh... So yeah. So you were a fun Love teenager. It. Yeah, I um super fun and really nice. <laughs> All right, my turn. Hey, this is Susan. Um so Hi. my favorite is also Misery but the novel. Um I got in trouble for reading it in my physics class actually. And I was like that's okay, it was worth it. <laughs> <laughs> I went through this like summer where I just read a ton of Stephen King like Went from, like, that was during school, but then, like, that whole summer after I read Misery, then I went and sought out a bunch of other Stephen King books at the public library. Oh yeah. Frequent your public library. Nice. And, uh, True. Yep. Yeah, so that's, like, it holds a special place for me, but also it's just a really good novel. Yes. I want to read that one. And, fun fact, I saw Misery on Broadway starring Bruce Willis <gasps> and Laurie Metcalf. Oh, my. And... Bruce Willis was terrible. Terrible. <laughs> I bet Laurie but Metcalf was great. Laurie Metcalf was fucking awesome. She was so good. So. Uh, yeah. I don't know why, but it seems like Bruce Willis would be terrible in that role. But. <laughs> yeah. He's just not a, not really an actor. <laughs> he's not made for the stage. He, you know he has I mean? one speed yeah. and it's Bruce Willis. Yep. Yeah. Like Tom Hanks. You <laughs> yeah. know? Yeah. And George well, Clooney. Yeah. Tom Hanks can do more. I, I think Tom Hanks can Tom do more. Hanks is a good actor, but he's still, like, there's never a time when I'm like, I just forgot it was even Tom Hanks. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> Always still Tom Hanks to you. Yes. Okay, well, none of you said that Dr. Sleep was your favorite, so... I, look, spoiler for me, <laughs> I really liked it. I did too. I did too. Hey, not time yet. I did too. <laughs> I'm cutting all that out. I think I texted everyone when we saw it, and I was like, "I liked it." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You jumped the gun. It's okay. We'll get there. I t- um, <laughs> normally, we would read the Goodreads summary of a book, but this is a movie, so there isn't one. Um, we are going to read this little Google summary, which is nice and succinct. So, struggling with alcoholism, Dan Torrance remains traumatized by the sinister events that occurred at the Overlook Hotel when he was a child. His hope for a peaceful existence soon becomes shattered when he meets Abra, a teen who shares his extrasensory gift of the shine. Together, they form an unlikely alliance to battle the True Knot, a cult whose members try to feed off the shine of innocent children to become immortal. I had no idea that was the name of that cult, though. Me neither. What? They say it during the... Ceremony where they're turning the young girl. Snake by the grandpa guy says it. Says we are the true knot. Anyway, but until you see it written, it doesn't really. I figured that was just some weird (laughs) shit. Yeah, I just thought they said the knot. I didn't didn't hear the true part. (laughs) I I tend to not listen when old men talk. I'm just like, "Eh." (laughs) well, they were doing like a like a satanic ritual, so I was like, I'm sure they're just saying like bullshit. It doesn't matter, you know. Yep. Exactly. Well, clearly it affected no one's viewing of the movie. What are... Mabel? Stop it. Okay, so this is directed (laughs) by Mike Flanagan, who you probably know from 
one of these things, The Haunting of Hill House, the Netflix series. Yes. Um, on Shirley yes. Jackson's novel. Hush, another great Netflix well, it's not a Netflix a horror movie, but it's on yeah. Netflix if you want to watch it. it. Yeah. And it Gerald's sure Game, was a which movie. is another really good Stephen King adaptation. Gerald's yeah. Game's good. Yeah. Gerald's Game is a Netflix original, right? I think so. Yes. Okay. Um, wow. Notable that there is a major hand injury in both Gerald's Game and Dr. Sleep. <laughs> so, oh, my God. Yeah. Big focus Truly on Truly the most horrifying part of this movie. Yeah. Um, Dan Torrance, adult Dan Torrance, is played by Ewan McGregor, Emily's baby. Oh, oh! Yay! Um, Rose the Hat, which is my favorite character name ever, <laughs> is played by Rebe- <laughs> Rebecca Ferguson. Abra is played by Kylie Curran, who spells her name wrong. Yeah. Like, <gasps> Real it's wrong. It's trying to be with so an L E I G H, which is already not a great way to spell Lee. Um, but they put the I before the E. It's really weird. I checked it three times. Mm. That's how she spells it. And then I'm Billy. sorry, baby. <laughs> who is Dan's friend is played by Cliff Aww. Curtis. We will refer to these people throughout. R.I.P. R.I.P. Billy. So this morning, I listened to an interview with Mike Flanagan on one of my favorite podcasts and Justin's favorite podcast, the last podcast on the left. Oh, Shout yeah. out to them because they're definitely listening. All right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we're also their favorite podcast. It's weird. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So oh, yeah. Totally. When they kept calling it this a sequel to The Shining, which it is, uh, Mike Flanagan said that he thinks of Doctor Sleep more like a child of The Shining than a sequel to it, which I thought was interesting because a lot of this is about Danny's parentage, um, being the son of Jack Torrance, the man you know from The Shining. Um, and what he's inherited from his dad and his childhood experience. So, how well do you think this movie works as a sequel to or child of The Shining? Mm, I just, I just want to say real quick. I don't, I don't know that I've fully thought about this question yet, and I'm still thinking about it. But I think it's interesting that he said talks about Danny inheriting things from his father because. I think Mike Flanagan inherited a lot of things from Stanley Kubrick. Um, Because even if Mike Flanagan wanted to make a direct adaptation of the novel Dr. Sleep, there's no way he could because most of his audience is probably going to be familiar with Stanley Kubrick's The Shining. Right. So, I mean, he inherited some issues himself, I think. That doesn't really answer yeah. your question. But no, but it does kind of answer closer. the second question. Oops. Yeah. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I will go back to this question. Um, I I think it works well. I'll, but again, like, I didn't read The Shining. I've only seen the movie. So, um, for and I actually have The Shining, like, queued up in my Audible library right now. But, uh... I think that this worked well as a, a sequel to the movie or not. I, I can see what he means by it not being directly a sequel. Because when I think of a sequel, a lot of the time I think of something that comes like pretty soon after the first one and is sort of like continuing the same right. story. Where this is more like a new story that is still, that is like from an old story, I guess. Which yeah. is kind of like something being a child of something. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Because I think, like, it doesn't 
uh, and we can talk about the ending because I know that um, Emily and others disagree with me. But um, I don't think that it relies too heavily on like it's it's relationship to The Shining. Like I think that on its own, it still like stands as like a story, and it's good to have the context of of the original. But um, it's like saying something new with like this whole plot with the um the true not and and all of the stuff that's happening yeah um with abra and everything um i i would agree and i felt that way until the ending but we'll definitely right. get to that um right i would love to hear from jen as she read both books yeah. i've only read the shining i haven't read doctor sleep yeah. so i actually have Same. never seen the kubrick film I've only seen. Okay. I've only read <laughs> the so Shining and weird. watched the, the uh, mini. <laughs> that is insane. So I'm coming at this from a slightly different angle. And are y'all okay with yeah. me spoiling the book? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So I am going to kind of get into the ending a little bit here because um, whenever I first watched the movie, the ending did kind of bother me. I thought they lo- they rested too long on the overlook. But then mm-hmm. I read the book, and the ways in which the book connected back to the original movie, I didn't think were felt kind of contrived a little bit for some of them. Not all of them, some of them. Um, So I kind of did prefer the Overlook in the end. (laughs) Because in the book, and this actually does tie in with this question about the the book being a child of, or the movie being a child of The Shining, because there's a lot of focus in the book on Jack Torrance's anger and the way that Dan Torrance has inherited it. And, spoiler alert, the way that (laughs) Abra has inherited it from her grandfather, Jack Torrance. Oh, wow. Because in the book... Oh, shit. (laughs) In the book, her mother, Lucy, is actually Jack Torrance's child from an affair he had while he was teaching. What? Yes. That's fucking dumb as hell. That was a twist. I hate that. I actually hate that. (laughs) That's terrible. Yeah. So I thought... so. No, Stephen King, no. Why do you do this? (laughs) Like, there's always something. It's like, you're reading a Stephen King book and you're like, this is great. And then there's a little part where you're like, I'm going to pretend that that's not there. Yeah. And (laughs) it's a big chunk of the book. Like, Abra's grandmother is like a big character in the book so that she can reveal that information to Dan as she died. Um, so, wow, I don't like in light that. of that, the whole Overlook I thing I hate it. was a better way to connect it to the original source material. So I look much more fondly on that than I did whenever I first stopped watch, start, huh, first that's watching That's interesting. It. So, interesting. yeah, there was a lot oh of other gosh. superfluous stuff, but that is something, but because of that, they do talk about how Abra's anger is also inherited from Jack Torrance. I do kind of like in the movie better that it's She's just allowed to be angry. She's just allowed to be yeah. say, "Hey, these people are evil. I'm glad they're dead." She's not. Yeah. She's yeah. never. She's never demonized for it. She's never told, "Hey, you need to not be so angry" or anything like that in the movie. It's just these people are right. bad. They've been literally eating children. They deserve yeah, to right. die. <laughs> Absolutely. So yeah, so that's my feelings on it as a child. I love everyone's <laughs> visceral reaction. To that. <laughs> I mean, no! that was my this reaction. This is why. I mean, what a terrible idea! It's a terrible yeah. idea, and this is why. Like, when people start becoming famous authors, their books often get worse because people don't tell them no. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. Like, if this was like a young Stephen King writing Carrie, and like you know, still, still, you know, 
wet behind the ears, somebody would have been like, nope, this is not good. You need to fix it. His editor no would have gonna, rolled in. Yeah. Yeah, nobody's going to do that to Stephen King now. They're just like, sure, put that in your book. It's fine. And it's not fine. It's terrible. Well, except, I haven't read it, but that's terrible. Except Mike Flanagan kind of did do that to Stephen King because he cut that out of the movie completely. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, well that's someone had thing, to. And I want to say <laughs> yes. that just like in praise of this movie, which like I really liked a lot, yeah. uh, th- I think that this movie is so like tidy and so well structured and like it really didn't it didn't leave loose ends it really there was no like extraneous material throughout even though it was you know like two and a half hours long it didn't feel bloated it because i'm thinking also about like it chapter two and like how which i did like but it was so long (laughs) it was it was so long and and just like thing after thing and none of it really was connecting and it would just was like why is this here this movie like every single thing that happened had a reason and all of the characters were were really well developed and which i think is like you know partly mike flanagan's doing because like just like thinking about the haunting of hill house which is the only thing out of the three things listed here that i've seen but like, the character development in that show is incredible. Mm-hmm. And I think that, like, he does a great job here of of cutting down what I'm sure was, like, difficult source material to cut down in ways that service both the story and the characters. And it just felt, like, really well made. Yes. I agree. I agree. Um, it still felt a little long to me, but um, it never. I never felt bored. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it was still a long movie, but I didn't fall asleep. And you know, for me, that's a big deal. (laughs) Like, before the movie. I don't mind if something is long as long as I am entertained by it and I'm not, like, checking my watch. Yeah, exactly. Like, when is it going to be over? Like, when when Jen and Mary and I sat down for the movie, I was like, I might fall asleep. Jen, you're going to have to recap me. And Jen was like, I might fall asleep. And I was like, no, Jen, that's why we brought you here. You're supposed to stay awake, but we all stayed awake. I it was fine. found myself wishing I could pause the movie so I could go to the bathroom. <laughs> well, you could have just gone up and gone, gone to the bathroom. Well, I did, like but I just I was like, oh, I don't like want to miss anything. the movie, though. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but you know, it's that feeling of like, oh, I don't want to miss anything. Yeah. Not like I'm just going to take well, a break. Well, that's important that you felt that you didn't want to miss anything. Because, like, if you're in a really long movie and you're like, I'm going to go to the bathroom and, like, play on my phone for a while. Which which I have definitely done in several movies. Like, are you telling me that I didn't get up and go to the bathroom for an extended period of time during the last Avengers movie? Yeah, like, I, too, had to go to the bathroom during this, and I waited. I was like, I'll wait till there's a good time to go, and there never was. My bladder's not that strong. (laughs) Yeah. I think we both made it. Without peeing. You did. Um, <laughs> I'm weak. Which is Congrats. kind of amazing Congrats. because how, I don't know how much Coke Icy I drank during this. It was pretty. Two gallons. Two That's gallons the best though. <laughs> he brought back a refill and I was like, it's so I thought heavy. that was about to go in a different direction when you were like, I don't know how much Coke. I was like, girl, what happened before this movie? I guess you weren't falling asleep in the movie. But yeah, no, if I had done Coke before the movie, I would have been very awake probably. I don't know. I've never done Coke. Whatever. <laughs> Yeah. Fine. <laughs> I think we could just go to the next question because it's like it's sort of similar and we've touched on it a little yeah. bit but the reason that um, and like some reviewers have noted this that Flanagan has such a difficult task in making the sequel is because Dr. Sleep the novel 
by Stephen King is a sequel to The Shining, the novel, not yes. the film, which he famously yes, doesn't right. like, the film. <laughs> and so why would he write about that? And so he's Flanagan has to find a way to make a sequel to the film version of The Shining, but also tie in the novel Dr. Sleep as source material. Um, as we know, like, The Shining, the film, is really different from from yes. the book, particularly, like, the ending is really, really different. Um, so this is a bit of a balancing act. And in that interview I was listening to today, they were like, how did you feel? Like, was there any pressure? And he was like, I basically felt like I was going to throw up for the last two years, just, like, constantly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think, I feel like, like even... So they have the same soundtrack for the most part. Um, and to me, that kind of like, as an audience member, upped the pressure. Like, because I was constantly thinking like, okay, this is like trying to connect back to the movie. And kind of going back to the first question for a second. Um, this is like, thematically, not maybe not completely thematically, but like, this is a different type of movie even yeah. the shining so it's not it's not just a different story it's like a different type of story um and so it was really interesting hearing that kind of music play over this story that was significantly different in a lot of ways i will say i really liked again spoiling everything here i really liked how in the end uh the overlook hotel burns to the ground which is what happens at the end of the shining book yes and so like it, we finally it was got really to cool see that. seeing that. <laughs> yes, it was really cool seeing that and being like, it's cool, like, Danny Torrance of the movie is finally doing what was supposed to happen at the end of The Shining, and so it's like all, like, all has been set right at the end. It's kind of yeah. how it felt for me, like, seeing the hotel burn down. So that was, like, really satisfying. I thought that That's was cool, too, say. because that was, like, and for, well, I mean, I don't know what happens in the end of Dr. Sleep, but that for me, that was, like, an obvious nod to the original ending of the shining um instead of the how how does the movie end is the maze he's out yeah they yeah they get stuck in the maze yeah 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 Yeah, so it blows up in the in the book (laughs) so pretty different but um going back to that music though i got really excited when the movie started and it started right in with that yeah yeah that was was very uh it creates a feeling it's like okay something bad's about to happen (laughs) and i liked that they had the the recreations of certain scenes with the actors that they that they then had play you know baby danny and his mom oh my word can we please talk about the woman who was being shelly duvall's character because, yes. I mean, Kelly and I talked about this a little bit already, sorry, but, and Mary and I talked about <laughs> it too, sorry, but. <laughs> That's fine. Um, <laughs> I'm talking to sorry, you about Susan. it now, Susan. Susan, it's time. It's our time now. Um, it's fine, Justin and I did, talked about it too. She didn't look a <laughs> thing like Shelley Duvall, but dang, if every time she was on screen, I wasn't like, is that Shelley Duvall? I have no idea, because she did such a great job impersonating Shelley Duvall's portrayal of that character. Justin has feelings about this. Yes. I said the exact same thing. (laughs) I said out of the recreation of all those characters, hers was the most um, um, 
spot on to me. I mean, she had yeah. very similar characteristics. She obviously watched The Shining and studied her speech pattern yes. and her pitch and everything because there and you could run. close your eyes and think they <laughs> dubbed over her with the original voice. Yeah. 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 Do you think maybe she, was she like, just had someone Danny! scream at her for hours on end the way that Kubrick did? Oh, I hope not. <laughs> to prepare Hopefully. for this. <laughs> One more thought on the Overlook. I thought it was really cool that they recreated that set so exactly. Yeah. Like, it was cool to see it, like, uh, the the room, like, all the same stuff, but just, like, it rotten. had been sitting there for so long. Yes. Yeah. And that's what it looked like. It looked like the Overlook sitting there for the last you know 30 years it looked good yeah yeah scary lady ghost looked good she got made <laughs> <Yeah>. today <laughs> everyone else got 40 I, okay. years older no 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 her. i have feelings <laughs> i have feelings about that so hold on a minute let me talk about that um <laughs> about naked ghost it was one of those things yes okay so bathtub l- ghost it was one of those things where like so, to me, in The Shining, the movie, that is the scariest part, by far, is the lady in the bathtub. Like, I still, when I go into the bathroom in the middle of the night, have to check the shower every time to make sure there's not a lady in my bathtub every time. <laughs> it's scary. But the thing is, like, after you see it, like, 12 times over and over again it's less scary and more just like there's that lady in the bathtub again and so that was kind of disappointing because i felt like it kind of like ruined the lady in the bathtub for me or it cured you <laughs> or it cured you <laughs> no i like being i think scared though so i don't know like i normally i would agree and be annoyed about that but i don't i feel like the use of her was less about like, creating a scary moment and more, like, thematic. Like, she was used in this way where it was, like, this is, like, a representation of, like, the trauma that continues to come back and haunt you. So, for me, I was okay with her continuing to pop up because it was less, like, here's the scary thing again to scare you. Like, it didn't feel... And, like, there's a question later on in the doc about, like, is this scary, etc. And, like... To me, like, no. the actual scariness was not really, like, this movie's intention. No. Yeah. Um, it's not even that. It's just sort of that I feel like it, it like, ruined that in general for me. Like, not just in that movie. Like, that ruined that image for me because it was, like, just seeing it over and over again. But do you think that if you watch the original Shining, it won't be scary to you anymore? It just felt like... A parody a little bit yeah i just had a hard like i couldn't take it seriously because i was like the fucking old lady's in the bathroom again like let's close the door on the old lady like it was just like it, it was a little ridiculous to me <laughs> well it's a ridiculous concept to begin with <laughs> yeah but when you close only see it one time <laughs> yeah but when you only see it one time in a movie, you don't really think, like, oh, that's ridiculous. You think, like, man, that's a terrifying image, you know? But then when you see it over and over again, you're like, nah, this is kind of silly, actually, you know? And so that's why, like, it's not about what it was trying to be in that movie. It's just about the image in general and, like, uh... But is not part of this movie about taking things that 
like, are frightening to you and, like, diminishing them, you know? I guess so, but I felt like a lot of the the uses of the ghosts from the original movie were, it, it seemed silly. I don't know if that was the point. I don't think it was trying to be silly. I think all three of us who were at that movie showing thought it was kind of silly. <laughs> I think we all laughed at one point. Yeah, it, I don't know. And, like, I don't feel like that was... I mean, you can say, like, yeah, he was a kid when he saw those things originally, and so he's going to see it differently now. But, like, I don't think we're supposed to, like, laugh at it. Like, I don't think it's supposed to feel like a parody. And it felt like a parody to me. Like, when all of the, like, ghosts from the hotel are, like, attacking him at the end of the movie, it it seemed silly. Yes. I'd agree with that. And I don't think it was intended to be silly. No, I don't think it was supposed (laughs) to be, like, scary. But I don't think it was supposed to be silly. Yeah, I guess I just didn't, but I guess I'm alone on this one that it didn't bother me. All right. Well, I know Emily wants to talk about Ewan McGregor, so I do. I, we I always want to talk about Ewan McGregor. Talk about yeah. We should talk about the acting and the characters. Yes. Um, so the last time we saw Danny Torrance, he was just a wee a wee boy. Um, so now a he's all baby. grown up, and he's got his own Gro- grown and problems. sexy. Grown and sexy, some would say. Emily would say. So, Look, I'm not the only person who I would, would say. Also what say. did we think of that character and of Baby Ewan's performance? Amazing. He <laughs> is one of the most. He is the most. He is one of the most Exquisite. underrated. Hold on. He's one of the most underrated actors of our time. I am not kidding. I really think he is. I do feel like his American accent, as always, could use some work. Yeah, it wasn't it was, bad though. But it didn't. It didn't yeah. bother me. As it has in some other things. Well, yeah, it was fine. Yeah. Like Emily, I also am biased towards Ewan McGregor. Thank you. Because of the prequel trilogy of Star Wars movies. I know they're universally derided, but... He's the only good part. He's amazing. He's one of the best those. parts He's of those amazing. movies. Well, Natalie Portman. Yes. nothing wrong. Okay. Sure. We'll give it to <laughs> you. Wait, what? Natalie Portman no. also was a very She good phoned part. it in, Susan. Don't eat <laughs> Natalie Portman is trash <laughs> in those movies. That's so <laughs> given, you guys. That's not Natalie's fault. That's the writing. She, I'm on and the fact side. that okay, but, stand next to Hayden But she Christ wasn't good in it. You and McGregor are acting like good. she is on horse tranquilizers yeah. for that entire <laughs> trilogy. You and McGregor had a bad script and still was good. So, like, let's yeah. bow to the king, okay? Yeah. Go ahead. But I do think he did a really good job of making. Dan Torrance, um, someone that you could root for, someone that you were invested in. And I thought basically most of the actors did a pretty good job with, mm-hmm. for example, Cliff Curtis, who is Billy. <gasps> Sweet Billy. Sweet Billy. <laughs> he was great. <laughs> he was great. Abra, I thought, was really good, too. Yeah, Abra was great. And even even Rose the Hat. Um, oh, I thought she was amazing. Yeah, oh, I thought she did a good job of... It was a clearly a villain character, but yeah. also you could see that she cared about her people. Even uh, if the one she cared about them was by getting them children to eat. Yeah. <laughs> I love Rebecca Ferguson. I, I thought she was awesome. the best one, like, by far. I, I think she was great, and I couldn't tell what accent she was going for sometimes, <laughs> but then again, uh, then again, like, if you were alive for hundreds of years... Or however long she's been alive. Maybe you pick up some things. Maybe you travel a lot. I was going to say, so, like, clearly she's supposed to be Irish at the beginning. 
she's singing an Irish song about an Irish right. girl. And her her accent is a little stronger in that beginning scene. And then later on, there's just, like, hints of it. So I think that that was kind of the point, was that, like, maybe she they had recently come over to America yeah. back in, like, the 60s. And now it's, like, yeah. present day. And it's, you know, accents fade. And, and, like, when you live in a country for a really long time, it, it starts to fade. Can, That's I just, point. can I just say, too, that I loved all the lady spreading she was doing? Oh, yes. <laughs> Spread like, them legs. Big yeah. dick energy right there. I was real For into sure. it. Can I also ask a question? Uh, yes. Do yeah. we know the importance of Rose the Hat's the hat. hat? Like, yeah, I, I felt know. like there was a story that we were going to get to see about the hat. You know, when she was in the grocery store and somebody tried to pick yeah. it up for her, there was this kind of energy of don't touch the hat. And it just, nothing ever came around about it. Jen. Jen. Would you like to tell Honestly, us? I don't remember there being anything in the book that really explained the hat either. Oh, no. Oh, my God. I you could think be wrong, you just though. wanted to call someone Rose the Hat. Stephen King, yes. why? Why Stephen King? <laughs> Which is well, like I think, a, good, so, again, a good character name. But <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot going on about, about magic, magicians, uh, and so she has this hat where she's pulling stuff out of it, flowers and and things to kind of like tempt little kids towards her. So I think maybe part of her her hat deal is that it's something that she uses to lure in children. It makes her yeah. look sort of like playful and fun. Uh, and then it's like, JK, I'm going to murder you. Um, <laughs> so funny. Yeah. But also... Uh, like, there's the other part towards the beginning where, and, like, Abra, like, Abracadabra, and that's, like, right. what she says in uh, the hated Little Magician that. Show. Hate that name. So dumb. It's, well, it doesn't really make any sense, because I'm like, okay, but, like, why did your parents name you that? Yeah. yeah. Um, but, so, like, she, like, watches the magician pulling stuff out of his hat, and, um... And, like, there's so much talk about, you know, what's inside you is magic, and but there's, like, good magic, and then there's bad magic. And so, like, the hat ties into all of that, but I'm not sure exactly, like, what yeah. the hat itself actually does. Mm-hmm. Most importantly, the New York Times called it a Babadook hat, which <laughs> it was. No. Made me laugh. <laughs> Um, like, guys, top hats are always dumb. What can I just say? They always look stupid. So we haven't talked about the most important liar. performance of the movie. <gasps> yes. Hello. I know exactly what you're going to say. Go ahead and say it, Jen. Azzy the cat. That's right. Well, yes. <laughs> how can we I was forget like, who the are kid? they going to say? Why did I not know that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how could you not know that, Susan? I don't know. I forgot about the Azzy cat. Azzy the cat right. is in the book, too. It's wonderful I, like, in the book, squealed. too. <laughs> oh. Such I want a spinoff where a the cat is actually killing people. Like, it's not predicting yeah. deaths, it's actually responsible for them. Yeah. That's Pet Cemetery. Yeah. <laughs> I think there was also a Tales from the Crypt that was uh, about a cat yeah. killing people. Yeah. I think there is another <laughs> Stephen King thing, too, that has, like, evil cat people, isn't there? Yeah. Yeah. Um, what? I think um, so. Yeah. I'm like, that sounds right. Yeah. I do, you know what I appreciate though is I appreciate how often cats come up in the work of Stephen King. Yes. yes. Or the adaptations at least. Because so like, they are bad sometimes. Yeah, I would but like this a cat, cat was a good kitty. And a Babado cat. <laughs> That'd be pretty cute. Um, yeah. I was Can you say imagine? That I think Rose the Hat was, oh my God, Justin just Googled <laughs> this cat situation and it's 
It's sleepwalkers. so horrific. <laughs> it's sleepwalkers. This picture has to that. go on our Instagram because it is fucked Wait. up, y'all. Oh my oh, god! No. <laughs> Oh, it's like a... What is it? <laughs> okay, I might have to turn my video on just so you can see this, because it's... <laughs> I'm just going to show you the phone. It's like so... Please. Oh, I just looked it up also. <laughs> what are you Googling? Sleepwalkers. Yes. Oh my god, yes. Okay, yep. It's yep, not yep. good. <laughs> so we'll put that on our Instagram so that everyone can be horrified to their core. But apparently... Uh, Madchen Amick is in it. Nice. Well, I remember seeing it because I went to this, like, Stephen King talk, like, a couple years ago. And it was, like, people, like, different people presenting, like, sort of, uh, little, like, PowerPoint type things about Stephen King. And so, like, one of them had scenes from that movie in it. And I was like, what the fuck is that? Like, it looked so <laughs> horrifying. Yeah. <laughs> the saddest thing about... Stephen King adaptations in general, like the whole canon of them, is that so many of them were attempted in the early 90s when the, like, special effects, <laughs> effects were just were... not up to, like, what was Limited. going on. The Langoliers is a great example of that, by the way, because yes. I feel like that made today would be really, really awesome, and it was really yeah. bad. Um, look, it was so bad. I well, and also so budgets for horror were were really low at that yeah. time. Like, well, a lot of these were te- made for TV things, which that I don't, I haven't yeah. seen that one, but it sure as fuck looked like one just now. Um, but like, I don't know if any of you saw the thinner made for TV movie, but oh, like yeah. that guy just like wore a fat suit in the beginning and then <laughs> became his regular size by taking off the fat suit instead of it being like you know a Christian Bale in the Machinist type. Thinner I, I look. I hate to break it to you. That's about still where we are with fat and thin in movies. I will have to yeah, defend or any of fat. Uh oh, Justin's going to bat for thinner. Thinner is a good movie. Oh what? <laughs> I've watched that movie five or six times. Justin, I'm a fan. Uh, no, you haven't. Five or six times yeah. is like that's how many times you watch like Annie. And like, no, nope. you could have watched five other movies, <laughs> yeah. but I watched thinner five times. <laughs> I so do want to see it because it sounds like right up my alley. I have not seen it and I don't think I will. I'm not into like I that kind of stuff freaks me out. Uh, all right. So we'll just circle back now to uh, the thing we were talking about, which is this current movie, Dr. Sleep. Um, is it scary? No. So The Shining is scary. Yes. Um, and I mean, there, so it's a mix of horror and supernatural, but it's like mostly straight horror book too. Mm-hmm. The book is really, really terrifying, I think. Yeah. Um, but was there anything in here that you found scary or unsettling? Even yes. This isn't really a yes. horror movie. Yes. Um, I thought that the, um, violence against children was very explicit and I could see how that could be upsetting. Yes. That was um, our baby it didn't from upset room. me. I know, Twitching and Trinlight. Um, it didn't upset me because apparently I don't care about kids, but I could see yeah. how if you had a child or if you were a child and you saw that, that could be um crossing a line. Some of it some of the violence against children was pretty uh gratuitous. It, it was intense. Yeah. Yeah. And um, also in the book, going back to the book again, um, I did figure out why I 
did DNF it six years ago. It's because in the prologue, whenever um, Dick Halloran is talking to Danny about um, eight-year-old Danny, very mm-hmm. specifically eight-year-old or child Danny, about his evil grandfather, he talks a lot in detail about how his grandfather molested him. Um. And I was like, is this something you should be talking about in detail with a child? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, not that I don't think books should have that or anything like that. It's just the particular audience for that monologue. Yeah. I was like, this might be better off with a therapist. <laughs> yeah. So I did like in the movie that they cut that down and kind of. But I would say for people going to see this movie, like if you're if you haven't seen it and you're listening to this anyway, despite our warnings, I would say like I could see how that stuff could be upsetting. I just have a very yeah. high threshold for violence. Um, <laughs> yeah, it did not bother me at all, to be quite honest. <laughs> but. <laughs> If it had been the cat, that would have bothered yes, me. Yes, that would have bothered me. But, I mean, like, maybe that's our problem. Maybe we're messed up in the head. It's I, No, I don't think you're messed up. I think horror – I mean, this is how horror works, right? Like, everyone has different things that really set them off mm-hmm. and that they feel are scary. I mean, I think just, like – I think The Shining is, like, really visceral horror. Like, seeing the woman get out of the bathtub is terrifying in The Shining movie. And I'm sure it's even Mm -hmm. scarier in the book. It is. But I remember being really scared by that scene in the movie. Yes. Um, But there's something scary about knowing that there are people out there who hunt down and kill kids. Not just kill them, but torture them and eat their souls, yeah. presumably. I mean, that's horrifying. It's and it it kind of like puts a face on a bunch of missing kids mm-hmm. stories, you know. And I mean, it's not the kind of like in your face visceral horror necessarily, but conceptually, that is a terrifying idea. And like, how many kids have they killed? Oh, I mean, lot. we see them. We see them torture Jacob Tremblay's character, like, yes. for a while. Yeah. Poor baby. And, like, yeah. I don't know. But I was also, like, your mom got into a van and got kidnapped. You should have known better. Like, this is already happening. I had many questions. I was like, why is this kid walking home from a baseball game on a highway alone? Yes, that was dumb. <laughs> My biggest question was about the security at that, like, plant <laughs> baseball game where they oh, went yes. like it seemed yeah. like it was still a functional plant because all the lights were still on and yet yeah. like yet a full-on murder with a like parade of rvs came in and it was loud and then yeah. two people came in and dug yeah. up a body and no one well so i was gonna talk out. about the body <laughs> like i agree with you but also to me like a part that was pretty like disturbing was when uh, Danny and Billy go to find this kid oh, yeah. and dig up the body. And, like, I really appreciate yes. – because I feel like so often in horror movies or in thrillers or whatever, people will dig up a body and be like, it's a body. Oh, my gosh. But they were, like, puking. They were, like, just, Which like, this is – to me. <laughs> yes. And also, just, like, it was a very um realistic reaction. To there was a lot of the- puke in this movie, too. Oh, yeah. I did not enjoy there was. it. There was. Moments, so yes. That was – yeah, that was maybe the scariest bit. The so anyway, them digging up the body was scary to me. And also, uh, speaking of puke, I guess, and speaking of things that were scary, I thought it was pretty scary when he, uh, 
wakes up in bed after having abandoned that woman and her baby and the woman is in bed with him and it's she's dead and she's saying like no one like no one has found us yet like we're still there and she like turns her like infant over and the infant is also dead and like to me that is really scary just the idea not necessarily the idea that she is like actually a ghost haunting him but the idea that like somewhere out there there is like this woman and her like baby and they are like rotting and no one has found them yeah Mm -hmm. there were a few like scary looking things like that or well i mean i thought the lady ghost looked scary but emily thought she looked silly which is fine um but i think like the (laughs) More than like, I wasn't the only one who thought she was more than them like murdering children. Like, I thought the whole idea of the true knot was scary. Um, yes, first of all, cults are scary in general, yes. Um, but like, I thought like the level of like, uh, what's the opposite of empathy? Apathy, yep, that's actually the exact thing I was looking for. (laughs) The level of like, that's why they have for like people in general and like the idea that something can like take away your essence sort of is scary to me but it doesn't sound scary when i say it out loud <laughs> but like, it is though. like a vampire that isn't a vampire it was a little vampire-esque though yeah it was like for sure emotional yeah. vampires which who among us hasn't been in a relationship with an emotional vampire but <laughs> right. like well, it was also vampire-esque in that, you know, they can turn people, too, which right. is what they did with yeah. the girl who they brought and basically made her one of them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Feed on them or turn them. Without, without... Yeah. Yeah. And without giving her a full picture. Yeah. And I mean, without, they didn't... like, getting her permission, really. <laughs> they said, you know, what if you could live forever? What if you... Or what if you could live a long time? What if you could eat well but they didn't say what if you had to torture and kill children mm-hmm. yeah it's a little uh it's a little bit like uh brad pitt getting turned in interview with a vampire yes mm-hmm. i yeah. love that movie you sorry i just, I just heard the it hottest vampire yes. <laughs> so hot also the scene when grandpa flick died mm-hmm. um and there's the moment where they're sad but then they just descend upon him. Oh, yeah. I felt like that was a super vampiric yes. scene. Yeah, they move fast like the Twilight vampires. <laughs> <laughs> Zoom. But they don't sparkle. No. <laughs> Thank God. Oh, that reminds me. My my friend Rebecca saw this the other night, and she was like, I was kind of disappointed, but I do, I feel like it was like if Twilight and Practical Magic had a love child, but it was also a sequel to The Shining. <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, what? I, vampires? Only, and now I'm like, oh, vampires. Gotcha. <laughs> the only Twilight reference I see is that they were fast moving. Well, and that they're yeah. vampires-ish. Yeah, but the vampires in Twilight, like, don't even kill anyone. Well, they're there for the sex, yo. <laughs> Which is kind of <laughs> how they sold the young girl on, like, getting turned. Like, they were like, gravity hasn't even hit yeah. your titties yet. Don't you, like, wish you could always have titties? Like I that? know. You can. Yeah. And she was like, okay. Which is crazy, because when you're 15, you're definitely like, my tits will always be like this. Like, Also, I, I just will. need to quickly look up how old that actress is, because... Not 15. When she was, like, 15, my friend and I looked at each other, and we were like, LOL, no. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, more like 25. That bitch is not yeah. 15. 
Yeah. She's gotta be at least 25. Like, please. I hate to keep bringing up the book, but in the book, her character is actually 32. Whoa. <laughs> oh, wow. Really? So I don't, I don't know what that change says about the movie, well, but I'm just going to put that out How are her tits? That's so. a choice. Has gravity hit them yet? <laughs> I, I feel like <laughs> part of the reason why they were selling on them was because they, it had gravity. Oh, no. Oh, so, okay, okay. It was like, don't let gravity take you any, any more. Yeah, right yeah. now, they can stay... You can have your 32-year-old yeah. tits forever. Yeah. Okay. Which I would take, honestly. <laughs> like, Yeah. <laughs> All right. Enough about titties. As much as I do love to talk about boobs. Um, I promised I would ask a question about the ending because Emily has been trying to talk about the ending in the group chat, and we won't let her. So, do you guys want to talk about the ending? Yeah. 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 Yes. <laughs> wow. <laughs> the little chorus of obedient forms. Like, what if Emily just wife. said no? <laughs> I mean, I feel like I needed. I said what I needed to say about the ending, but to sum up, um, I do. Again, this is just summarizing what I said already, but maybe this could be a good jumping off point for someone else to say something. Um, I did like how at the end the overlook burned down. I thought that was a very good choice. Mm-hmm. Um, however, just in general, and I guess I haven't directly said this, but from the point that they got to the Overlook Hotel to the burning down, it just felt like kind of like a different movie. Um, and I was really into the movie before that moment. And it's not that I, it's not that I wasn't into it anymore. I just like was less into it. It just like, it just felt tonally different. It felt more like they were trying to pay fan service to the shining and kind of like recall all these ghosts. And yes, the ghosts kind of felt like parodies of the ghosts. It wasn't scary, even though, and if, even if you want to argue, like it's not supposed to be scary, like I still feel like it was silly. Um, so that, that kind of bugged me. It, it bugged me how, um, he's like looking through the hole in the door, the way that Jack Nicholson did. And like, I don't like it was just all very like fan servicey and like I felt like it was kind of like talking down to the audience a little bit which like probably a lot of people that go to see that movie do need to get talked down to because you know like a lot of people who go to movies are dumb but um it's just a lot of people (laughs) yeah a lot of people are dumb yeah um all of this is to say I just, like, that that part of the end felt kind of silly to me and kind of, like, made me like the movie less. I'm curious what you thought about um, the conversation that Danny has with his dad. I thought that was dumb. Okay. Justin? I enjoyed the scene and I enjoyed the content that it was, like, trying to explain to us. I didn't buy Mm -hmm. the Jack Nicholson character. It no. Yeah. Absolutely no. not. It was not nearly as good of a um, job as the person playing um, Wendy did. Yeah. yeah. If you're going to yeah. do Should've that character, notes. do it over the top. I mean, like, yeah. get the hair crazy, get the eyebrows crazy, get the expressions <laughs> crazy. Put put that raspy crazy I feel crazy like they kind of the tried to do the eyebrows. <laughs> as someone who never saw Stanley Kubrick's version, I really was like, is this bartender guy supposed to be Jack Nicholson's character? Is he not supposed to be? Are they the same guy? And finally, I did realize by the end, yes. Well, so I was, because he wasn't spot on, I was thinking, like, maybe 
it's supposed to be unclear. And, like, he's sort of seeing his dad in him, but it's not really his dad. It's just, like, sort of the image of him. But hearing everyone else, now I think I'm wrong, probably. (laughs) Well, isn't in, in The Shining, the film, like, at the end, sort of, like, Jack freezes to death, but then there's, like, this photo that, ha- like, it zooms in and shows that he was, like, at the Overlook the whole time. Like, yeah. that he's, yeah. like, in this old photo. And so it's kind of, like, this idea that, like, he has become, like, one of the ghosts there. And then, like, so it's almost like the person that Danny was talking to, like, is his dad, but is not his dad. Because it's, like, the version of his dad that went crazy and became one of the the Overlook ghosts. Uh, so he's not really his dad. He doesn't, like, really know who Danny is, but it's, like, kind of this weird... Like, I I thought it was interesting just in that, like, I I think the whole time Danny is searching for, like, some kind of, uh, like, release and, like, therapeutic something that has to do with his dad because he never, like, got to really understand him and he talks about how you know the only way that I could that I could get close to my dad was by drinking and and feeling violent and like trying to like access that part of him through myself because that's all I knew of him and so I I just thought it was interesting to like see him trying to like have a conversation with this person who he thinks is his dad and he like wants it to be more meaningful and he wants to like talk to him and it like no matter what he does like he could be standing right in front of this person who looks exactly like his dad and like it's still like you can't like he can't have that conversation with him i kind of i kind of agree with you emily and i see where you're coming from especially on the shots of like uh, Danny putting his face in the hole in the door. Yes. You know, yes. like that, that to me, dumb. I was like, that was eye roll. Dumb. Yes. You know, like it just felt like a little contrived. Yes. I did, however, really appreciate the scene with Jack, not Jack, <laughs> not Jack Nicholson, decidedly not Jack Nicholson. <laughs> Mr. Um, not Jack the Nicholson. The scene yeah. with Danny and his father. And I think that him not looking exactly like Jack Nicholson left it a little ambiguous for me. And I, and I also wondered, like, is he not supposed to be him? But ultimately, I think it doesn't really matter if it was the ghost of his father or wasn't. I do think it's supposed to be. But <laughs> it doesn't matter because, like, Danny gets that release of being able to say what he wanted to say and i think especially for me it was like really powerful that he turned down the drink you know like that he kept his sobriety and turned down the drink and it just that felt like a significant moment to me much more significant than like ooh, look it's the bathtub lady (laughs) or like here's the twins that stuff to me i was like okay this does seem really fan servicey yeah. yeah. Fan service, I think, is the perfect word to describe that, Emily. I didn't hate it. Like, I, I wasn't like, oh, I'm getting ready to leave right now. No. But I was just like, why did we have to do this? Exactly. That's exactly how I felt about it. I mean, it was fine. And I think, like, two-thirds of the movie are really good. Yes. Like, I was <clears throat> 100% yes. on board. But then that last third, a lot of it, I was like, why did we have to go here, you guys? Mm-hmm. Why do we have to do this? I didn't hate it, but I didn't love it. But I also don't see, I mean, again, like, I, you know, didn't write this, so it's hard for me to, like, think of 
Like, well, I did write it, Kelly. <laughs> no, I mean, like, it's hard for me to think of what the other options would be. But, like, to me, right. it seems like that was a logical conclusion for... If you're gonna go back to the Overlook, which I feel like you have to since the right. Stanley Kubrick film left it standing, if you're gonna go back, you gotta see those ghosts again. Yeah. But I don't have to like it. <laughs> I, I am in the camp that thought it dragged on a little bit too long, but y'all, I have been sold on the... um on the conversation with his father, I do think that that was a necessary part of it. Especially when we go- get to the very, very end, in the boiler room. Because that's the scene that originally belonged to Jack mm-hmm. Torrance, Dan's mm-hmm. father in the book, in the miniseries, mm-hmm. that was gone in the Kubrick version. So in the mm-hmm. so in this movie, which is kind of more of a sequel to the Kubrick version, Danny gets to do what his father couldn't. Yes. Danny yeah. turns down the drinks. Yes. Danny sacrifices himself to save the next generation. Um, so I thought that that worked pretty well. In the book, everybody lives. <laughs> except for the true dog. They all, most of them die from measles. It's a long story. It's complicated. What? <laughs> measles? Yes. The baseball boy had measles. And two years after they ate him, they contracted measles from baseball boy. And so most of them died from those measles. I... The- what? Okay, is the book just... <laughs> Is it um, is this a pro vaccination book at its core? I I think the true message of Stephen King's Doctor Sleep, the novel, is to vaccinate your cult members. <laughs> or you're all gonna die. Is that the title of the episode? Is cult the title right yeah, there. definitely. <laughs> but please vaccinate your cult members because like the steam gets infected with disease so the the true the true way that they kill the rest of them is or most of the rest of them is that danny inhales the steam from abra's dying great-grandmother when she dies and she had cancer so he gives them the cancer no <laughs> the steam. oh my god this I'm is liking a case this movie more where and more. <laughs> who knew steam was contagious <laughs> This is a case where, while there were a lot of good things about the book, the book for me, the the book for me was not as good as the movie. Hey, we are always looking <laughs> now, for cases where that is true. We have asked that question I of know, listeners so before, rare. like, what's now the time the movie thinking, was better? Maybe this is it. Is Stephen King like on drugs? Is he okay? <laughs> not anymore. I mean, I he know. was he for was. a long time. <laughs> He was. Oh yeah, I, didn't I think know he that. actually wrote Doctor Sleep in a Sorry. period of. No, I really don't know much about Stephen King. Oh yeah, he was drugged up. As he was bug. like, you guys have yeah, seen Maximo- like- Maximum Overdrive, right? Mm-mm. That's classic Stephen <laughs> no. King. Like, did a bunch of coke, wrote the script, did a bunch of coke, showed up to direct it. It turned out that does a bunch of coke. explain his prolific publishing history. <laughs> well, yeah, he was he like, like fucking high years. off his fucking balls for like half of his writing I career. Mean, look at him. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. But then he got sober, and now he's sober, and yeah. good for him. Hey, can I ask a quick question? Going back to the ghosts. Yeah. So yes. okay, when Rose the Hat dies, they attack her, right? And they yes. inhale her smoke. So, do the ghosts also feed off the shine? I think all I think all dark things feed off the shine, so right? Or they're drawn to it. In the original mm-hmm. Shining, why weren't they going after Danny to feed on his shine? Or uh, I can't remember the chef's character's name. Oh, Halloran. Halloran. Yeah. Dick so, Halloran. so if they feed off shine, then why didn't they? You know, in the original, why? Because I mean, they went straight for her. Then they went straight for. Danny after they killed her and they were right. presumably doing the same thing to him 
but in the original, it was right. never. Nothing had ever. Well, they come were out going about. after a nanny, weren't they? In the movie, he is getting. They are going after him, and like he goes into that room, and like the the woman in the tub hurts him, and that's why. Yeah. yeah. The mom thinks that um, Jack has attacked him, but really it was the ghost. I guess I just think it would have been. It'd been easy. Like for they them should to have gone after him harder in, in the first one. <laughs> <laughs> right, as a as a small child, I guess. Uh, what's his name was protecting him at that oh, time. Oh, that's true too. Yeah. Um, which that's something else I wanted to say that I thought was interesting was this kind of reversal of like, so you know, Danny had the mentor. Which can someone tell me what his name is? The old man, the Dick Halloran. Dick Halloran. Yeah. So, uh. He he had that mentor, and then Danny sort of, like, becomes the mentor for Abra. And, like, then by the end, you know, like, he has died, but now he is, like, this mentor that will continue to visit Abra. And, like, I just thought that was interesting with, like, the, you know, the line they kept repeating of, like, we go on. And, you know, like, just the idea that forever you, there are these people who are, like, helping the next person. And... Um, all, but also, you know, and this is something that is, like, an issue in a lot of movies slash books, but, you know, that character originally is kind of this, like, magical black man character. Yeah. Um, and so in this movie, it kind of, like, I thought it was interesting that they cast, you know, like, an actress of color to play Abra and then have, you know... Like you and McGregor kind of be, like, her magical white man figure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like... <laughs> Yeah. It was nice. Yeah. I, I This movie was, like, quite quite diversely cast, which was also um, something I appreciated. Yeah, the true knot was a multicultural um, cult. I, yeah. I do want to note that for about 80% of the movie, I thought Crow Daddy was named Craw Daddy. <laughs> Me too! <laughs> <laughs> You're not alone! I was like, where the crawdads sing? <laughs> I was like, well, that's a choice. Yeah. I logically knew Crow Daddy was not, was a different actor, but the entire time, because I identify people by their eyebrows, I thought he was, jo- I thought he looked so much like John Stamos. <laughs> so every, time, every time he was in a scene, I was like, John Stamos, no. For the record, John Stamos has a- come up twice. In one episode, I know he's yeah. not in this movie. Wow! John <laughs> Stamos is an A-lister. Both of the guests brought him up. Yeah, <laughs> I think this means we have to do a full house episode, guys. Not okay. until we do the weekend at Bernie's Fuller episode, house. motherfuckers. <laughs> yes, oh, I was joking about the full house. Good, episode, by the way. <laughs> I wasn't. And Becky going to jail. So, yeah, I will. Oh, stay- Lori. For the record, again, I am here for a weekend of Burmese. Thank episode. you, Jen, for your I support. No one happen. else supports me. I would come back for that. <laughs> See? Look, we have a guest. Emily, you can sit out. Maybe you guys should just do an episode. Yeah, it sounds like we can Emily just bow and out. Mary can take a break. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, we're just a bunch of dummies that like the movie, so. <laughs> I just haven't seen it. I haven't, I seen, haven't it seen it either. I still If you like the movie, that. you should read the book. Yeah. <laughs> There's a wait. What? It's actually a Neil no. Gaiman novel. <laughs> No, it's not. <laughs> Magical realism. You got me. <laughs> 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 
What it's is called Larry Lomax weekend. weekend. <laughs> oh my god, I can't. Well, you could title. actually do it in conjunction with um, Caitlin Doty's. Um, it's not her. Um, See, he thinks I'm funny. This is why I'm going to marry him. <laughs> no one else likes <laughs> me like this. <laughs> There's a book by Caitlin Doty that's on like different um, practices for handling people's deaths that you could read in conjunction with Weekend Parties. Jen, you're so (laughs) Jen. I love you. Thank you for helping us make it. I think it's. I'll borrow that. I mean, I think it's enough just to watch Weekend Parties. I do too. Talk about it. We can debate about. But just in case we need extra materials to. I highly doubt that Caitlin Doherty talks about animating a dead corpse as a means of... No, but there are some cultures, I forget which ones, that do keep the body around for like a year after the person dies. Like, yeah. in the house. Like so, Cheryl in Riverdale. Like in, I know, I, was just, a- I wasn't going <laughs> to say it. But. With sunglasses? <laughs> <laughs> uh. Okay, it's settled. So we're doing that episode. All right, let's do. Let's give our <laughs> ratings for Doctor Sleep because we all know Weekend at Bernie's is a five star film. So let's just rate this one. Um, I'm gonna say you can give half stars if you want because fuck it, there are no rules right now. This isn't good reading. Well, Letterboxd has half stars. Yeah, Letterboxd Perfect. has half stars. All right, that's how we rate. Who things. wants to go first? Not me. I'll say, I, Mary, am gonna give it. A three and a half, maybe a four. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. I think I'm going to say four. Yeah. Uh, I, Emily, gave it a three and a half on Letterboxd. And let me tell you, watching that movie, I was like, this is a solid four film until the end. Yeah. But but I will say I'm I'm leaning towards giving it a four because the overlook burns down. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm at a 3.8. Okay. Okay. All right. Five. We got to find a way to break the system. Three point eight five. Yeah. Now that we have half stars, we have to give decimals. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we can't ever just. <laughs> um. This is Kelly. I'm gonna give it a four. Yeah. Uh, I would give it a four point twenty five. <laughs> um. <laughs> um. I really, I really liked it a lot. I was like really pleasantly surprised by how much I liked it because I just wasn't sure when I saw the trailer. I was like, what is this about? Like, I don't know what's going on. What What is that hat? Um, <laughs> what is that hat? The hat was, it just really threw me off. But mm-hmm. I ended up just, I really, I really liked it and I think it was really well done and I'm super impressed and I'm like excited to see what else uh, Mike Flanagan does because I've liked very much two of his things now, so. Yeah. Okay, this is Jeff. And I'm going to give it four stars, too. Um, Yay. I gave the book three stars. Um, just <laughs> because of the measles? <laughs> because of the measles, because of the random... The grandfather. Yeah, yeah. That, that would knock it for me. <laughs> gravity. I could rate it lower, but there were a lot of good things in the book, too. I don't want to completely discourage people from reading the book. I do think the movie was better, though. I'm discouraged from reading it, though, even if you didn't mean to. Yeah, I am, too. But I'm thankful for that. I just feel like there are other Stephen King books I need to read before I... Oh, yeah. And there are just a lot of really good ones that don't involve, like, any of the things that Jen has told us about this book, so... Right. (laughs) Um, I, Susan, am going to give it... I mean, not to, like, do the same thing, but four stars. That's what I was going to do to begin with. 
Um, yeah. Sure. I'm just sure. 4.0 because I was going to follow the rules. Um, oh. <laughs> yeah. Way to break the rules by following the rules. That is crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, that's how I like Leave to reveal. You are wild. Wild. I know. But anyway, I'm giving it a four. I really liked it. And um, as much as I love a lot of what Stephen King does and a lot of adaptations of his work, even when he's not involved in it, sometimes shit gets a little wild. And I felt like this was really controlled. (laughs) And Uh I appreciated it. And it sounds like the book was out of control. And this could have been easy to lose grip of. (laughs) But I feel like Mike Flanagan (laughs) did a great job. And this is now my third thing of his that I really, really liked. So I'm excited to see what else he's got going on. And I hope it's I more like Stephen King. I think he just sat there and was like, <laughs> no measles. No 9-11. No 9 We're just getting rid of all that. Oh, my word. Oh, I'm sorry no. to keep adding to it, but when Abra is an infant, she predicts 9-11. Oh, no. Stop. <laughs> more. No. more. Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> like I love hearing it, but I hate it. I hate it. Oh my god! I read it so y'all don't have to. But Good. please don't be Thank completely you, discouraged for reading it. Jen, you are a saint. <laughs> you really can't. took one for the team. Yeah, she predicts nine eleven. Oh, yeah. and she said her parents' dreams that had the numbers of the planes. No, and no. they figured it out later. No, it's like really Stevie. King. No, no, sir. Look, no, I took a whole class on 9-11 novels, and... Wow. Yeah, it gets rough after a while. You're like, okay, this really sucks. <laughs> um, was Dr. Sleep this, a part of the curriculum? It wasn't. It wasn't, because I haven't read it yet. Um, but <laughs> might write an email to that professor, like, hey, if you do that again, I hear Dr. Sleep is a 9-11 novel. Woof. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so I do think Mike Flanagan did a really good job of cutting out the necessary stuff, yes. putting the good parts in, and just adapting it that way. Yeah. Justin, what did you think? Yes. This is Justin. Guess what my <laughs> rating's going to be? Four? It's a four. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> <Point>. <laughs> no, I'm sticking with a four. But I I, wow. did, I really did. It kept me engaged the whole time. I really did like yes. this movie. I would highly recommend this movie. The reason I'm giving it a four is because I agree with all the ghost talk we had. It was a little silly. Yeah. Um, but I love the movie, and I love the uh, idea behind it not really being a sequel. You know, it was a story in itself, and uh, I really like that. So I give it a four. I have a, a follow-up okay. question. How would you rate your date to the movie? I give that a uh, 4.97. <laughs> and the only reason I take off There's room for gravity. three is because... The titties? Popcorn problems. Oh. <laughs> oh, no. Popcorn problems. <laughs> Did you spell? Uh, no, it upsets his tum-tum. <laughs> but I can't Aww. help but eat a whole bucket of it. <laughs> I, yeah, I feel exactly. that popcorn is the greatest. <laughs> it's so good, and it also—I mean, yeah—it upsets my time. Also, the two problems of getting it's older are gravity and popcorn props. Tom upset. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, we did it. We got through the ratings. <laughs> yeah. Wow. All right. Um, 
Justin, I'm going to give you an out for the, unless you want to hear the kind of wrap up bits or you can, um, take the pops upstairs. I'm not giving yeah. you an out, Jen. You got to sit here. <laughs> yeah. We're just going to buzz through think about what you did. Like you can have an out if you want an out. <laughs> but you're also okay. more than welcome to stay, Justin. Yeah, I'm not you. kicking you out. <laughs> I'm going to. It's just going to be really I'm gonna boring. I'm going to take the pups so upstairs, but thank you guys for having me. Yeah, thank yeah. you. Thank you so much, Justin. This has been wonderful. Please Yay. come back. Justin, I yes. love you. I was so nervous, <laughs> but now I feel pretty good. So. No. <laughs> you were the best. You, are, you great. are great. Thanks, guys. Y'all have a good night. You too. You too. Please pet the dogs. Listener feedback. Do we have any? I asked for some today, and I'm not sure if it came through because I haven't checked in a little while. Jen, do you have anything to say about my best friend's exorcism? Um, Jen, I thought y'all did a good job. Jen read the, uh, <laughs> my best friend's exorcism. I really liked the book, and I thought y'all did a good job discussing it. Thank you. Thanks Yay. for the listener feedback, Jen. Yeah. <laughs> and keeping it short. If short only other sweet. listeners would send us feedback. Hey. Yeah, I tried to get some today, but I, I should have done that sooner. But anyway. You, you know what I was thinking about the other day? Where's Alex? Where's Alex? Alex, are you still listening? Where did we lose you? Yeah, where is it? Alex from New England. Where just in you? case you think we're talking to a different Alex, we're not. But hey, if you're an Alex and you're not from New England, feel free to write in. As yeah, well. we can have more than one. Yeah. But I think. I think Alex from New England usually does the book episodes and not always the other episodes. He might so. not even hear this. <sighs> he might not even hear this. We'll have to we'll have to cry for him next time too. Yes. We'll have to slide into his DMs. Okay. I know. Where are you at? <laughs> All right, well then let's move right on to what is on the blog. Yeah. Yeah. I will I will say, start us off. Todd and I are still doing survivor recaps, and I continue to maintain there have been a lot of thoughtful provocative for survivor conversations about race and gender this season and i'm loving it hey and you two have had some very thoughtful blog posts about yeah so todd and i are still writing survivor recaps yay um susan and i did a finally did a post together that wasn't bachelor related um and we did our carly ray jepson starter pack for those i loved it not sold on carly uh, here's your starter yeah. pack. And if you're not sold, I'm 100% you're wrong. Sold. So, yeah. That's it. I feel like wh- the problem is that some people just don't want to be sold on Carly Rae Jepsen and they're right. not going to look at our starter pack. I I didn't think I liked Carly Rae Jepsen either and then Todd turned me on to her. Todd, so. Todd always just gets it, you know? Todd's yeah. got some good music. When I said taste. the name Carly Rae Jepsen, um, Justin did not know who I was talking about. Um, so I was like, you know, call me maybe, because this is how you have to describe her if you've not. Yes. Right. And he was like, oh. And I was like, but no, no, no. But there's so much more. There's and I so spent, much we were in the car, and I was like, there's if you want, so I can just more. play you the five songs that we chose right now. And he was like, that's okay. Yes. And I was like, okay, I'm going to sneak, <laughs> I'm just going to sneak him into the rotation. <laughs> so he'll get it. He'll get it. Oh, I'm doing his Dark Materials recaps. This is the new uh, HBO show based on the series by Philip Pullman, the book series. I am really digging the show and I told everyone that if I liked the first episode, I would recap the season and 
Unfortunately for me, I did like the here first episode, so here I am. Yay! Um, I'm also, I've got a couple of series going on now, guys, mm-hmm. so just strap in. Um, also starting this week, I have a new countdown movie series. We're doing the 12 Days of Christmas movies. Um, are any of them going to be scary? Maybe. I don't know. You'll have to wait and see. So is this going to be like 12 weeks of Christmas? No, because that's not, we don't have So you're doing 12, are you doing 12 days in a row? No, it's going to be like two a week until we get to Christmas. I think that's how it's about to, it's going to time out to be about two a week. Um, So, but it's going to be 12 days of Christmas movies within those weeks. You see. Grab your hot cocoa. So you'll see. Grab your hot cocoa, grab a candy cane, grab your jingle bells, your Santa hat, whatever it is you need. Susan, maybe maybe I'll find a Hanukkah movie to throw in there for you. We'll see what I can do. We'll see. Um, So, yes, that will be – the first one should be up by now. Um, Also, one more series still going, Six Feet Under. I am rewatching the show, and my dad is watching it for the first time, and we're talking about it together. So we just today, on the day of this recording – published the second half of season one. So what we're doing is we're doing two blog posts per season. Um, and it looks like just the way that we're pacing it, that it's going to be like about one a month, probably. Um, so yeah, it's, now we're on to the first half of season two. So we'll probably be recapping that next month at some point. But I'm very excited. Uh, I was put I was putting together or I was looking for um, screen caps and stills to use in the blog post. And I got really excited looking at some of the stuff that we haven't gotten to yet. And I was like, oh, my God, this show is so good. There's so much and, left uh, ahead of I, you that is good. I know. I'm just – my heart is <laughs> a flutter. I'm so excited. I love this show so much. So and you yeah. get to write with your dad. I know. So dad so of fun. the pod, who we will call if we are in a cult. Mm-hmm. Yes. The true knot gets you – and also coming up, I am so pumped. Our guest from our last episode, Leah, will be writing a guest post about Anastasia. The musical. The musical. And how it's not as good as the movie. And I'm very excited because <laughs> I loved Anastasia when I was a wee child, and I love it now. That was one of my favorite movies. I had a whole piano book of Anastasia songs that I learned some of. And uh, when I was in high school, we had we did a halftime show where we played In the Dark of the Night, and I had a mellophone solo. Nice. In the dark of the night. In the mm-hmm. dark of the night. Mm-hmm. That'd be so cool as a band. <laughs> so we are excited to have Leah back on the blog. No, this is our first time on the blog. We are excited podcast, to have Leah back, comma, yeah. on the blog. In the saddle again. No, yeah. on the yeah. blog, yes. Back, but this time on the blog. Yes. Leah, but different. Yes. Yes. But the yes. same. But different. Okay, wow. so you might remember from last year, um, we did a giveaway with Workspacery, the maker of beautiful office and organization products. Um, they make the 20, last year was the 2019 Refresh Weekly Planner, which we gave away to a lucky winner along with a book. We're doing the same thing this year for the 2020 version, which is now available. And I know as the year closes, you want to start planning for all of your New Year's resolutions, getting organized for the new year. 
So we're going to give away one of these planners plus a copy of American Spy to someone. And also, we're going to get a special promo code. So Book Squad Goals listeners, if you don't win, can still get a nice little discount on the planner. So stay tuned on social media this week for more details. That is where the whole thing will take place. So just keep following us and watching us closely. Yay. Yay. What's the next book that we're going to read? Well, let me tell you, it's American (laughs) Spy by Lauren Wilkinson. I still haven't started reading it, so I can't tell you that much. But what I can tell you is it's about a spy in America. I have started reading it because I got it from the library. Ooh, I got it from the library, too. Nice. I haven't gotten very far yet, so. I had it. I got it as a gift. Nice. So, yeah. Speaking of gifts, no, I'm just teasing. Yeah, <laughs> no. Speaking but of not gifts. teasing. <laughs> so our next other sode, which is everyone's favorite other sode, it is our best of 2019 episode, which will be happening in December. Uh, so hopefully, nothing amazing happens towards the end of December that we won't be talking about. Um, <laughs> and on that episode, we will be doing Secret Santa. Uh, which we have done for the last two years, and we did a secret birthday Santa. So really, yes. we're just going to be kind of starting over because um, we've all gifted each other things at this point. So stay tuned to listen to lots of ASMR present crinkling yeah. and find out what our t- each top three favorite things of this past year were. Mm-hmm. So... I don't know if you know this, but we haven't been getting um, very much listener feedback lately. And I don't know if that is because you guys aren't following us on social media. <laughs> um, <laughs> but please follow us. We are at Book Squuggles on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. You can email us listener feedback things or anything else you could ever possibly want to email us at the squad at booksweggles.com. You can visit our website at booksweggles.com. You can visit our blog at booksweggles.com slash blog. And please don't forget to subscribe to us on whatever podcast app you use and to rate and review us on whatever podcast app you use, but especially rate and review us on iTunes slash Apple Podcasts or whatever the fuck they're called. Um, that is how... All podcasts are fed out, basically, other than Spotify. But, like, most of the little podcast apps get their podcast from the big mother of podcast apps, which is Apple Podcasts. So that's why you should rate and review us specifically on that app so that other people can find us. Please, please do it. 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 Um, otherwise, thank you so much for listening and for being yeah. our friend. Yay. Yeah! Yeah. Hooray! Um, cool. Jen, thank you so much for joining us. Yes. Thank y'all for having me. Yeah. You are wonderful. Do you have anything you'd like to plug on the internet? No. <laughs> I'm a very boring person on the internet. <laughs> it's fine. What about in life? In life. Are you a boring person in life? <laughs> Kinda, yeah. <laughs> I disagree. <laughs> Maybe you should just plug, visit your local library. Yes. Yes. Because I have been visiting my local library recently. So. Yeah. 
Visit your local library, get all the books, read all the Save things. lots of money. Save yes. all the money. Yeah, so thanks for joining us, to Jen, and also to all of you listening. And please join us for our next episode. Uh, yeah. Amen. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> <laughs>